The Green Suiters Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to support our show, get access to special perks, and listen to this episode ad-free, then head over to www.patreon.com forward slash Green Suiters Podcast to find out how. Before getting this episode, we'd like to thank the following new patrons for joining our growing podcast community. Lisa Clark, Steve Gerstner, Mike McCown, Burns Creek Construction, and Steve Iadarola. If you don't have any bucks to toss away, it would mean the world to us to have some feedback on how this podcast is doing. You can leave us a review wherever you listen to this episode. Now, on to the show. Yeah, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of the Green Suiters Podcast, a patron-sponsored episode. Jason, tell everyone who our sponsor is this week. Patrick from Leather by Dragonfly. <laughs> and Michelle! And Michelle! And Michelle! Yay. We love you, Michelle. And I would have led with Michelle. Yeah, I would have led with Michelle, too. That's what I would have yeah. done. No, you always get the bum out of the way first. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, so before we started recording, we were, or I was lamenting. Crying. Actually, you know, before I even get into that, let, let me back up. So every, every five episodes, we uh, get one of our top tier patrons to sponsor one of our episodes. And what happens is, is they, because they're a top tier patron, they get to pick a topic. They get to ask a question, make a comment, make a complaint um, that we take and make it an entire episode. So uh, we wanted to thank again, Patrick and Michelle for being one of our top tier patrons. If you yeah. want to, if you want to have your own episode or uh, sponsor and your own episode, then head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash green suiters podcast and become one of our top tier patrons. Whenever it comes time for your turn in the rotation, I'll be in touch and then you can come up with the topic of the podcast. I like it. Quick question on that. How many top tier patrons do we have just out of curiosity? Roughly. Um, Is it like um, four or five? No, it's like, it's like seven or eight, I think. Oh, oh wow. really? So we haven't got to everybody's questions yet. No, no. We're just no. going through. I got you. Okay. No. No. But um, before we, you guys say something. And that's like no. every fifth, every fifth episode we do it. Yeah, every every fifth episode yes. We, yes. we do a patron sponsored episode. Um. But before we were we started recording, I was kind of venting to the boys here about my. Uh, my irritating experience that I've had with Castle for the last three months. And um, so the gist of it is, if, if you don't, if you don't have never heard of Castle, Castle USA, they're a, a machining company located here in the States. They um, specialize in making routers with a very, um, I don't know, what, what would you call it? Steep angle, Jason? Steep pocket angle machine? No, shallow shallow there you go they, but yeah they, they use a router inside of it to cut a shallow pocket shallow and so it, it it leaves a really clean cut it uses sorry it's a pocket hole machine yeah but it, it again it leaves a really high quality anyways so i'm on their email list for the castle 110 which is their, their the smallest version of their machines that they have and you know it's it's not cheap it's uh, 450 bucks um, Jason did a review on it what last month Jason or a comparison uh, November yeah November and um, and so 
I put myself on their email list because they're 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 never really in stock. They have supply shortage issues, kind of like how most companies are, and so they have an email list, a notification list, so that whenever they have stock in, they they send an email out to this list of members, and then if you're ready to buy, then then you buy if that's what the email is. So November twelfth, I got the email from them stating, "Hey, we have fifty um, units that are ready to buy." And so in my head, I'm thinking, okay, they have 50 items in stock and they're ready to ship. So I go to the website and I buy a unit. Then I get an email that's saying your pre-order has been placed. And I'm like, pre-order? Like I, the email said that they were in stock, that they were ready to ship. Even the website said it's in stock. So I'm like, okay. So they, they you know the the amount hits my account but it's just a hold they don't it doesn't go all the way through it doesn't go through until they ship that's fine so i get another email saying hey it's going to be about 46 weeks you should you should get your unit around christmas time i'm like okay cool or i think it said within the week of december 21st i'm like okay cool christmas day goes over you know i'm checking the the website that it, it still says pre-order um, and then I go to the website, this was last week, submit a, a question, uh, through the contact me page saying, Hey, like, where's, where's my order? Cause I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for this thing to hit my account. And then I get an email back. Hey, it's going to be another three weeks. Uh, yours, your, uh, unit is going to be, it's like, we're going to be working on it soon whatever. And. It, it's, it's just been really, really frustrating for one, because they are, they've been, well, let me back up. They have not been terrible at communicating directly. Um, Phil, whatever his last name is, uh, he called me personally. He texted me after I sent them a question in December asking about, you know, when's the transaction going to go through. So if, if it's almost like the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease kind of thing, like they're only going to be in contact with you or they're only going to communicate with you if you bring it up to them. You know, um, and so I, I kind of feel like I was bamboozled in a way, stating that, hey, we have units available, buy it now, when that wasn't really the case. Like, there, and even even some of the, the distribution emails that they sent out just didn't say anything. Like, it, it didn't communicate anything. There were some words there, but as a company trying to communicate things to their potential customers, you know, some of which I'm sure were paying. It was terrible, like terrible cancel communication. Your, cancel your order. Cancel well, your I, order. Like, like I'm not going to cancel. Need it. You don't need well, it. Well, I'm not going to cancel my order because I want the machine. But it it just <laughs> it just frustrates me that 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 they they just cannot communicate properly. Like, okay, don't do business with them. Go get another one from somebody else. But well, that's what I would don't do. Do the same thing though. <laughs> I think that's the allure to it. So I, to be fair, I, you know, I, I did do a sponsored video with them. Um, it was months and months and months in the making. Um, Phil, the guy you're talking about, he's like one of the reps out of uh, Tennessee, I believe. Um, we've spoke multiple times and it was just one of those things that kept getting put on the back burner for months and months and months to do the video. And then I was asking, to, you know, very specifically like, will you will this be ready and then i know that that email went out about the units of i want to say like a week before i released the video or really close to when i released the video and the unfortunate part is and i kind of feel for for phil because phil 
is not like the marketing team. You know, Phil is, yeah. he's the guy that's field, fielding all the questions and all the, the anger from people. I think this was more of a, this was definitely more of a marketing uh, error, but the unfortunate part is, is that the amount of comments about a very similar situation like what you've had on my mm -hmm. YouTube video that I released right after thinking and was told that there would be stuff available was really bad. And even, I think it was, it might have been Phil, it may have been somebody else that he got on there and was like answering questions. And there was a lot of miscommunication like on the website and it said, you know, they're not available. People were taking it as they weren't available until June of next year. But the real story was after this first batch runs out, then you won't be able to get them again until summer of next year. And so I think there was just a lot of marketing and, and communication side yeah. things that, that went wrong with that, with that campaign. Yeah. Still like I, I don't care. I don't care to wait for the unit. I don't like, they could tell me if they said, Hey, uh, your, your order, it will definitely ship in, in July. I'd be like, okay, cool. Cause now I'm expecting it. Like, or now, now that I know when it's going to come, if they could tell me, Hey, uh, it's going to ship in a year. I'd be like, okay. You're but just, don't tell me, don't, don't tell me yeah, that you have right. it. And then you don't yeah, like, you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're just, Listen. you're just a little peeve that they're telling you the wrong shit. Yeah. They're, again, I, I yeah, just, they're misleading it's just, it's you. really bad. And maybe, maybe it, well, yeah. I mean, I guess Jason, you said that it irked a lot of other people too, but especially oh, yeah. me as a marketer, I'm seeing, I'm like, this is terrible. Like they're reading the email and I even printed it out that said, this is bad, bad communication one-on-one, -on -one, you know? So anyways, one of the, we'll, we'll leave it at this, but one of the things that, um, one of the reasons why the video got dragged out as long as it did, because I was ready to make this video like six months ago. Yeah. Longer than that. Um, but they were having huge supply chain issues like everybody was. But Which, I, which them, is totally understandable. Like, yeah, Completely them on a whole nother level. Um, it's like the one thing they needed, they were not able to get. So, you know, of course, I was just like, hey, we'll just keep pushing this off. And I told them, I said, the reason why I want to push this off is because understand that the minute I do a video on this, there's mm -hmm. people are going to order it. It's a hundred percent going to happen. And that the truth came out in the, in the comments. I mean, people were like, went to go order one right now and you can't get them. And there's all these issues. And then <laughs> another funny thing was there was a price increase that was going to happen on December 1st. My video came out in November immediately after I released the video. Cause I said in the video at the time of recording this video, it, you know, it's $450, same price as the Craig Foreman. Mm -hmm. people were commenting right away saying it already went up a hundred dollars. Now it's five fifty, really? And I'm like, it's not even December yet. So I don't know, you know, who on the back end there was, was doing that stuff, but, it, but it's unfortunate. So, yeah. But, um, are we, are we going to do what we've been up to? Yeah. I, I think we can, we can be brief about it. Just okay. So I want to go last. The... I want to go last. 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 Said you want to get Ben, what have you been up to? <laughs> uh, I've been recovering from COVID. Yay! That's, that's I mean, pretty darn. much what I've been doing. My um, hey, Marianne asked, "How are the girls?" Girls are fine. My my middle one, she's the only one that tested positive. I took them on Sunday to okay. uh, an urgent care clinic to get a rapid <laughs> test and a PCR done. Mm -hmm. And my middle one popped up hot on the rapid test, and then I just got the results in a few hours ago from my youngest. Um, that youngest was negative, oldest is negative. So, I mean, once, once we found out that, she, that my middle was, was positive for COVID, I put her in the living room and 
you know, she and I have been isolating ourselves, putting masks on around her sisters, but she's completely <coughs> asymptomatic. She has no symptoms whatsoever. Wow. Just that she came up positive for COVID. So, wow. I mean, which like, I'm, I'm glad, you know, I'm, I would not want them to feel the way that I felt last Wednesday. Cause there were two days where I just felt like utter crap. Hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm really thankful that, that they didn't get it. And then again, that she was asymptomatic because me being here by myself, trying to take care of three very sick kids would have not been fun at all. Mm. So much no. less take care of myself, you know, but everybody's doing good. It, we got a, a massive snowstorm yesterday. Got about five inches in five hours. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was coming down pretty hard and fast, but, um, so they, you know, kids have been playing in the snow yesterday and today, so I can't really complain. I've been cleaning up the basement now that I've kind of got my strength back. Hmm. And that's really all I've been doing, just kind of reorganizing things and moving things around. I, I brought my 3D printers down here into the basement. Um, oh. And I wait, started wait, wait, moving wait. things around. You said 3D printers? Yeah, I have two. You got a I second a, one? Yeah, I've had it the whole time. I told you that. No, we thought you just had one, right, Ryan? No, yeah. I have I have a, a really small one, the are beginner. You, not the beginner. Are but. you selling your body on the side, dude? Are you, like gigolo, are you like gigoloing somewhere? Here I were, dudes pay really here, well, you know. Oh here I was God. thinking that we were going to use all that crazy Patreon money to pay for our bar tab at WorkbenchCon. Yeah. And now I know it's going towards... Shaper Origins and 3D printers and Glowforges and STM and 1800s That's and STM right. 1800s. Did you get that yet? Well, yeah, I've got it. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Cool. But um, just trying to slowly <laughs> kind of get ready for. I'm going to build another sysbench. Um, when, whenever I'm negative for COVID, I can go get lumber. So, just kind of prepping for that. Trying to organize a little bit, get rid of some stuff, sell some stuff on Facebook, or at least post it. Can't really do anything hey, with it yet. But what were some of your symptoms? Um, so I had I, so we we went to a family uh, family member's house in Pennsylvania uh, on the the twenty sixth, and the next day, well he that the morning on the on the twenty seventh he took a a test because he wasn't feeling well and he was positive, read it wrong. We were around him, you know, the whole half day. Then he's like, oh, hey, I read this wrong. I'm like, oh, crap, we got to leave. Well, that morning, the morning of the 27th, I started, I woke up with a headache, which like we had, we'd had some, um, some beers the night before. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm just dehydrated. And then we find out that his, his at-home test was positive. You know, we pack all our stuff, we leave. And as we're driving home, it's a four-hour drive, I could start to feel that I was getting chest congestion. I was like, okay, like, because it hadn't, it, it wasn't cold. It had not been cold at all. So I was like, okay, well, I definitely don't have a cold because I haven't, like, it's been warm. It's been the sixties, you know, the whole week or whatever. So I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure that I haven't, um, Tuesday or as we're driving home, I'm like taking, taking everybody's temperatures, you know, kind of get a, a baseline on everybody. Um, as we're driving home, I start to get uh i had a 99 degree temp so not really a low grade fever but it was starting to go up and like as soon as we get home jen she leaves she goes to richmond 
we're back home to Richmond and we just kind of start isolating ourselves. Tuesday morning, um, the chest congestion gets, it's, it's a little bit more like I can feel it. Like I wasn't producing anything yet, but I could, I was like, okay, I definitely have some phlegm in my chest. And then I started to get a fever Tuesday morning and the fever never broke until Friday, I think Thursday or Friday is whenever the fever finally broke. But I had two days of really high temps. I was 102, 103. Wow. I think the highest was 103.5, and that was wow. at night. So I was having crazy fever dreams and night sweats, night chills. Like, it was bad. I had to throw a couple blankets on top of me. Um, like, I, I was so cold, or I felt so cold that I, I sat there, or I sat in my bed for about 30 minutes determining or thinking whether or not I wanted to raise my arm out of the covers to get a sip of water. Like, that's how cold I was. Um, or at least how cold I felt, but, um, no, no runny nose, um, no like persistent cough only, only to kind of like try to get stuff out of my chest. Did you lose so, taste or smell? No, no, hmm. no. I'm, I'm almost positive. That's the, it's the Omicron variant just because wow. of how fast the onset was. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah, me too. Oh, me too. Holy. What are you up to Sedge? So, I just got back to work. <laughs> I, had, I had over two weeks uh, PTO. It was really cool. Uh, we shot a lot of video, but remember I've been talking about um, that uh, record plane that I get at Menads for yeah from mm-hmm. for uh, okay. for Big D. Yep, for Big D. Well, he got it. It's you know whatever. And out of the out of the box or out of the the plastic, this thing did not work. Jason, had you seen it at all? The blade was too long in there. It was impossible. Yeah, but I to work. I only saw it I only saw it in the wrapper when I was up there. You showed it yeah. to me. Yeah. So um, we uh, Big D couldn't be here for one of the weeks. So Chris and I got together and I started uh, really and we shot a video on it. And we at the end I said to Chris I go I don't think I can we can publish this video. I almost threw this across the field. It, it, okay, so I was, I did everything, everything that I knew, and then, so you'll see it in the video where I woke up in the, you won't see this, but I woke up in the middle of the night and went, you know, son of a gun, I know what the hell I'm doing, and uh, I went down in the garage about, or the shop, probably about six in the morning, and I grabbed an old cap iron, um, or a chip breaker from an old Stanley number four and I substituted it. This thing sings like an unbelievable hand plane. I had worked the cheapness, the inferiority of some of the metal in this hand plane is horrible. But I, I sharpened the hell out of it. I ground it back about five millimeters. So Holy long crap. story short, you'll see it. We have to shoot a lot of the video over because we were going to cancel it. But I really got it to sing. Is it a Lee Nielsen? Mm. Do you still Big have D? it at the shop? I do. And okay. you should see this thing. You'll see it. And you'll go, holy crap. Is the, uh, the cut on the wood is unbelievable. So. Yeah, I want to check it out this weekend. I think, I think we're coming up there. Probably. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's <clears throat> He's got a really nice hand plane for 20 bucks. Nice. But I, I, but I, you know, I'm gonna uh, throw in a uh, free cap iron from an old hand plane. 
but I'm gonna awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna step through where everything is done on this really well, but you have to bend this in the vise to actually make the cap iron that comes with it, and it's still not good. It was scraping more than it was cutting. So, mm -hmm. long story short, I learned a lot. I I didn't give up, and I finally got it to work just right. Nice. I want to check yep. it out when I come up there. And in the middle of it, I restored a, a number four that was all rusty, uh, and that's singing now, and also a, a number five jack, and that's singing now, Stanley. So, yeah, I, awesome. I've been refurbing hand planes during break. Nice. Yep. What Just a Tormac and Fool. What have you been up to, uh, Mr. Bent? Yeah, Jason, what's this big news that you had to wait until we're on the air about? Oh, I know what it is. I have really big news, Ben, and I'm excited to share it with you. Wait, uh, wait. I, no, and I said it earlier. I said, Jason, you're pregnant now. Yeah. And he, was, and he was like, no, actually, I was the one that was originally pregnant. Nicole's pregnant now. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So we're, we're having two kids. Um, <laughs> no. Before I share the big news, um, something that I did do is I, I talked to you guys. I ordered the, um, the Lamello. Mm -hmm. uh, it was like a last ditch effort. <laughs> Funny story about this. I bought the Lamello and I was talking to Keith on the 30th and I was like, Hey man, I'm thinking about buying it. You know, just be one extra thing that I could maybe get at the end of the year and kind of use that as a write off or whatever. <laughs> so contacted him the next day on the 31st, uh, purchased it. Cause Keith, uh, KJ Sawdust is actually a, a seller of the Lamello. Like he is a dealer. You can contact him directly and buy it. He's matter of fact, I think he's the only individual person dealer in the United States. Everybody else is like a, a major business. But anyways, I called him and I was like, hey man, you know, I'll just order it through you. Um, <laughs> ordered it. Yeah, the, the cost of it didn't even hit uh, my account until like the third. So <laughs> it wasn't even a tax write-off for last oh, year. Oh, that so sucks, man. That really didn't do anything date? for me. What's that? You can't, you can't use like the invoice date? Uh, no. Oh, that sucks, man. No. I mean, well, I can't because I use year. QuickBooks. Yeah. There's always it'd next a, year. It'd be my first write-off of this year. So next year, you know, keep in mind. It's funny, too, because I did it through PayPal, uh, like an instant transfer that's connected to my account. He received the money immediately. It was just weird. I don't know why I did it. But um, that's that's one thing. I also started work again as well. Um, oh, um, one more thing. So I was listening to episode 17 today. That's a good episode. Yeah, that's good. I can't wait for episode 18. I still haven't, I haven't listened to that yet, but episode 17 is really good. I really enjoyed it. I listened to it on the way to work and then on what the way home from work. That was the one where it was no topic and we kind of just started discussing like social media and all the things that it entails and what it <gasps> means to us and all that stuff. YouTube, all that. It was great. There's the cat. Yeah, I, got his kitty cat. I, I got a lot of feedback um, on Instagram and, and uh, on Patreon that people really like 17. Yeah, it was a good one. I think 18 will be better. <laughs> Do they like your kitty cats? Meow. Meow. <laughs> All right. Ben, are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. World, are you ready? Even though it's funny because they'll all know about it by the time this podcast comes out. But um, I got a Pika pen. Pika. Shut up. Pika. 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 I'm just kidding. Ben, I'm going to send you a text. So this will make more sense to you, but Ben's woodworking is relocating. 
I'm moving, Ben. That's what relocating means. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm moving. This is moving. like an, an out-of-the-blue development. I know we've talked about like the whole builder thing on here, and I was like talking to a builder, and we're going to build a home. Long story short for everybody oh, wow, listening. Oh, wow, man. This thing's nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> long story short, the the builder was just totally they, – they're flakes. I mean, yeah. we had issues yeah. with them after the first meeting. We made a complaint about it. We ended up getting reached back out to very quickly. We went and did the next meeting. We went back and forth. You know, we were like, hey, the house is going to cost approximately this much to build. That leaves this much for land. We'll send you land tomorrow. Uh, The first batch. Didn't hear anything. I'm going to talk about it in just a sec. Didn't hear anything for a week. Sent another message. Haven't even got a response. And it's not just to the individual I was talking to. It's also like his assistant. Haven't received anything. So we just said, you know what? Screw it. We're sitting at dinner on Saturday with with Sedge um, and Rick, and we were explaining to, uh, I think Nicole, and me and Nicole were talking to Marianne, and I was just like, you know, we've decided that we're not gonna do the the building right now. We're probably gonna stay where we're at unless the right thing comes up, then maybe we'll we'll consider it, right? Mm -hmm. So my wife gets on uh, Zillow again and I don't, I think she like changed her search parameters to like just Carmel. Anyways, this house pops up and we were like, holy cow. And we went and looked at it afterwards. We went and looked at the outside afterwards and Leo's mm-hmm. like running around in the yard and it was just, we had this feeling, right? So the next day or day, the two days later, a guy I work with, um, that's in the army, uh, he's, he, he's a realtor in his spare time. And I was like, Hey man, do you think you can take us up there to check out this house? This is on Monday. We go inside. We look at the house and then we go to lunch, which we went to ale emporium, by the way, Sedge, the original ale emporium in Indy. Did, did you get wings? Yes, I did. And Hermanaki, Hermanaki or Herman style. Herman. <laughs> yeah. Okay. With a side West. of spicy barbecue. Oh, ooh, ooh. I like the three. Good combo. Those like wings are the best, island. man. Yeah. Oh. The so, best wings I've ever had. Uh, we we did so what Nicole good. and I do, and we we started uh, doing a pros and cons list. And here's a here's Venn the diagram. Funny thing. No, but we did pros and cons, right? The funny thing about it, Nicole and I wanted all these things, and when we were doing the pros and cons, that house literally hit every single pro. Because the pros are all the big picture things. I'll give you an example. We wanted to have good schools for Leo and our soon-to-be mm-hmm. child. Yeah. Well, you, you're not going to get much better than Carmel, right? They're the best yeah. in Indiana. We wanted to be in a nice neighborhood. We wanted to be in a really nice city. Not that Greenwood is not a nice city. It is, but there's something totally different about Carmel. Something totally different about it. We have always we've wanted to live in that city. We just never thought it would be a possibility because it's, it's very hard to get a place there um, with land, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, space, square footage, storage, um, the ability to build a shop, mm-hmm. uh, the right price, yeah, the right price. So then we started getting into the, the cons, you know, what the cons were outdated. Yeah. Very, um, very outdated. Yeah. It's very outdated. It's going to need some work. It was built in 76, um, outdated, uh, the bathrooms, um, yeah. the checkered floor, 
No, that's the staying. ballroom. The ballroom floor. That's yeah, in the, the basement. That's in the basement. Yeah, checkered floor. It's where we're gonna have our dance parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna the, replace it. I, I got the mirror ball coming. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, it's just and land. Land was obviously we we needed yeah, land. That yeah. was a big thing. So, but all the stuff that was on the the cons list was all things that we can Fixable. change. Things yeah. that we can yeah. fix, no problem. Yeah. Um, and a lot of things that we looked at in the pictures were like, I don't know. A perfect example is that room with all the wood paneling on the wall. Well, that's an office. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm telling you right now, dude. We probably won't touch that room because we went in there and we're like, "This is awesome." Yeah. Like the feel of it or whatever. I don't know. It's just weird because that's not our style. So, <coughs> um, <clears throat> that night I came home, uh, did a pre-approval, and actually, no. Saturday night I started the pre-approval. Um, Monday we went and looked at it. I finalized everything yesterday being Monday, right? Yesterday was Monday. Um, last night or yesterday we submitted an offer and at about 10 o'clock last night, there was three offers too. Um, and at 10 o'clock last night we got a counter. They raised by like three grand and, uh, we accepted it. The inspection is tomorrow. Dang. So I'm going up there first thing in the morning to get the inspection. That's really the only thing that's going to stop this now. But, um, Yes, for those listening, Ben's Woodworking is relocating uh, in like next month. <laughs> so Holy crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the closing is You think February. your house now will go quick? Oh, oh, my, God. oh my God, yes. Four yeah. or five hours. That's yeah. what the market is here in Indy. Jeez, we, bought, we bought this house. So we're not listing it until March 1st. So we're going to have plenty of time to move our stuff up there. It's not because yeah. of the winter time, like we didn't want to rush. Yeah. But more importantly, I have to be in this house. I have to own this house for two years in order for me to not pay capital gains taxes. So uh, that's like March 15th. So we're going to list March 1st um, and then finish moving the rest of our stuff out in March while we're waiting on the house to close. But um, we bought it for like 270. I-, I wouldn't be surprised if it sells for 360. Holy man. So, um, so that's, that's good, obviously, but, um, that's a nice profit in two years. Mm-hmm. It, it is, um, mm. Market's it'll be, hot here. yeah, it'll all be gone afterwards, but, um, the, the crazy thing about this, so I'm, I'm very anxious and nervous and a little bit worried because obviously I'm not building a shop right off the bat. It, it's on yeah. an acre. So for those listening, the, the house is on an acre in Carmel. It backs up to a golf course. Um, it already has a storage shed. There's a humongous backyard that is totally flat, plenty of area for me to build a shop. But I have to be realistic. That's not going to happen right away. Mm-hmm. Plenty so for, of room for Leo's swing set and playground. Oh, that, that's one of the first things we're doing. I told Absolutely. Nicole tonight. Um, but I have to have a shop there. Right. So I'm mm-hmm. going to be using the garage. The good news is the garage is an oversized two car garage, similar setup to this separate, not separated from the house, but on one end of the house with no rooms above it. That's good. Um, it's 28 square feet smaller than my current shop. Oh, wow. so it's not, it's not enough to really make that big of a difference, but it will be a difference. And it also has slightly lower ceilings. It's like eight and mm-hmm. a half feet instead of the nine and a half or 10 that I have. But now I have this problem that I'm faced with and it's like, okay, well, am I going to do the epoxy floors? Am I going to do the mini split? 
it's going to be temporary. It's going to be for a year. Do I really want to do those things? Well, yeah, because I still would like the garage to be a nice place. Even when I'm not using it as a shop, I got to run electrical again. And then I'm going to have to run electrical again when I build a shop. And so now I'm thinking about it like, you know, this is going to be like 10 grand just to get the shop up and running. Yeah. And part of me is like, we're super excited about the house. It's, it's huge. Um, I just hope the inspection goes good, but like thinking about doing all this shop stuff again, like I just got this shop the way I wanted it. Yeah. You just and did a shop just, tour video. Yeah. I just did a, yeah. how, how, how ironic is that? 2021 shop tour video, close it out guys. We'll see what next year holds. Yeah. I'll be in a completely different space. <laughs> yeah. But you'll um, be in this, you'll be in this new house for quite some time, right? Oh yeah. Good. Good. Oh yeah, and this this, this house, oh, 100%. Because I mean, the, the biggest con we had was was the price and the change in our mortgage. Because um, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's definitely on the higher end of what we wanted to spend for sure. Um, so that kind of sucks. It might change things for us a little bit, uh, but it's probably for the best to be honest with you. But uh, from now until April, <laughs> uh, my my content's probably going to be sporadic and also very highly uh, focused on the new shop. To be honest with you, yeah. hey man, we're gonna we'll shoot all kinds of stories moving, right? Yeah, I'll probably do a lot of like the same process, the shop move again, like how I move everything, because half the people that follow me have never seen the last series that I did, but people will find it you know helpful and it's it's terrifying though, like yeah. the thought of it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the good thing is, is you're doing it in the middle of winter in in Indiana. Oh. All the moving. Yeah, it's perfect, with right? Open, with an open bed truck. Oh, I'll pro- I'll get a lift gate. <laughs> I'll get I'll rent a lift gate truck and move everything that way. But yeah, I'm not. Dude, we'll get a bunch of people together. We'll knock. Oh, it out. I'm not. I'm not worried about the move itself. Mm. Like that's it's the thought of starting over completely because I remember what that was like coming up here. And having all of my stuff in boxes while I tried to finish everything up and not being able to find anything and yeah. running all the electrical. Like na- the next thing I need to do is like, I better get on SketchUp or something. SketchUp's I think the better option to do what, I've, what I need to do, but shop layout. Yeah. I've got to do all of that because I've got to have an idea before I go to the freaking, uh, the electrician and be like, hey guys, these are where I need my outlets because these are where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my tools, what the best layout is. Yeah, but and, and think of how much more efficient you're going to be at doing all that because it's, it is still so fresh in your mind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, think of all the, the things that you're going to learn now, you know, going into this, you know, much bigger house. There's more things that you have to change or want to change. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's – I mean, you're right. It, it does suck because you literally just got finished getting things the way that you wanted. Um, but, you know. Well, I'm, now is, I'm debating, like, do I take this mini split with me to save some money, you know, and figure out a way to patch the hole? and Or do I just leave it here for the next owner and, you know, get another machine and, and take that expense? Or, uh, you know, the uh, the, the lights, now I have an issue with the lights, right? Do I keep the yeah. lights here because I have higher ceilings? Because I, I can't put these in the other one. I yeah, could. You need the. You I could the take strips. them out of the out of the frame or the shield or whatever. That's what I have to do with mine. No. No. Oh, no. yours are built into it. 
right? Yeah, they're built into it. The only thing that I could do would be cut the pieces that come down like this, the mm, reflectors. That's too much work. And that's, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to Jim um, and find out. But I'll, I'll tell you, right, I, I might still take him with me regardless because guess what? When I build the shop, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to need lights because I'm going to have higher ceilings. So why mm -hmm. not take them with me and then leave this for the next person with a bunch of holes and no lights in the garage? <laughs> I don't care, you know? Um, you should just like, just start cutting a bunch of random wires, but like, this so, will really piss off the next person. Yeah. The new, the new place is a two car garage. Yeah. Is it, is it two bays or just one big bay? Just one big bay. Okay. So that's cool. So because it has a exterior uh, storage shed, like a big one too, like I could fit a riding lawnmower, I could fit all my yard equipment, wood, I, tons of stuff, Leo stuff. Um, I don't need to put any of that stuff in the garage. So that's a benefit. It does already have drywall. That's a benefit. I'm not sure if it's insulated behind it. Um, it's What's got a insulated? Wide insulated. You said insulated. No, you just can't hear oh. it because you have COVID. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely going to make a, a wide open. To where you so just repeat it over and over. Yeah. Here's a funny thing. I didn't say that. Insulated. 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 Um, you know, I, drop, I installed that drop-down attic ladder in this uh, shop. Yeah, well, there's one yeah. in the other garage. Well, above it, it's not like the truss is here. <laughs> Here's a funny thing. So newer homes versus older homes and the way they're built, right? Older homes were built much better, stronger. Um, I think there's a lot of better technology now, obviously, and updating and everything. But like the trusses in the garage above my shop are two by fours. Right. Wow. All of it. Two by fours. Everything. In this new shop, I went in, up in the attic. It's two by eights. Mm -hmm. And it is wide open. So I could store so much stuff up there if I needed to, which I don't really need to. But um, so I have a very similar setup. It's just it's going to require the electrical, the flooring. I could probably get by without doing um, or do it myself because that would be good content. Right. Mm -hmm. Um the lights, the mini split, have to have that. There's no way I will not have that. Uh, garage door, probably, because the, the ceilings are lower, so I'll definitely be raising up the rails and putting the side mount on that. So mm -hmm. anyway, that's my big news, Ben, and that's the house. Well, congratulations. Oh, I'm terrified, dude. It'll be good. And you got a new kid on the way. That's yep. right. Rooms are bigger. That's good. 4,200 square feet. Sweet. Wow. That's awesome, man. Really cool basement. That's including the basement. Yeah, nice basement, though. With a bar. You need to make, you need to make like a really sweet panic room. It's the basement. I'm or saying you turn room. one of those rooms into a panic room. Have like Why? a little hidden. Just because you, you have that big of a house has to have a panic room. It's like written I in do. the rule books. I do. See? We'll make the panic room the really awkward bathroom and shower on the downstairs floor next to the office. When you got to go, you got to go. That's so weird. There's going to be, <laughs> this is going to require a lot of work, but it's a content gold mine. I'll tell you that. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, you get those my, nice golden shower fixtures you get to rip out at some point. Yeah. My, what, my what channel kind, might start leaning heavily on uh, renovation. Golden shower. Golden shower, right. yeah. That's you don't take those? You, you like golden showers? Oh, my God. You guys ain't right. 
All right, I've wasted enough time, guys, but that's my big news. So everybody, yes, Ben's Woodworking is going to be moving, so expect a lot of different content coming up very soon. <laughs> or a lack thereof. All righty. So Jason kind of started to talk about, you know, getting into SketchUp and use for a shop layout, and he's got some redesigning he's got to do, which is a great segue into the topic of the show, again, which is brought to us by Michelle and Patrick over at Leather by Dragonfly. Thanks again, you guys, for being a top-tier patron. And so the, the topic that they wanted to, for us to discuss was, what is your design workflow or your process for a new project? How do you research? What references do you use? Are you looking for certain ratios? Do you draw it? Do you sketch up? And then how do you finish your designs? So pretty much everything before executing, you know, they just want to know what our workflow is like. Um, We'll start with with Sedge. Sedge, what is your, how does your design process start? Like okay. where where does where does it all kind of come from? <clears throat> That's kind of like before or after, <laughs> before a pro cabinet shop or after. So I'll just talk about how what goes. I, I would just say now, like now, now what is it okay. like for you? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's usually Marianne hands me something on a napkin, and it's a bunch of blocks. Or, I saw this on Pinterest. Oh, sounds yeah. funny. That's an infamous one. But no, but I love it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, the house, some of it's my idea, some of it's hers. Um, I think I discussed this in one of the podcasts, but my workflow is this <clears throat> I'll get all the ideas from her or me. Okay. We'll do the research. Is I want the right, um, say it's a table, like her sewing table, I want it the right height. So I have a couple reference books for um, proper heights and stuff like that. Stuff I, I pretty much know, but it's just a refresher. And that's the kind of the research I do. <clears throat> then I'll draw something out pretty pretty good on graph paper. I'm not, I haven't done SketchUp. I used to, uh, back in the cabinet shop, I used to use KCD, uh, mm -hmm. Designware, which is easy, drag and drop. We had all our specifications on how we built it in. There was a lot of front end work. That's all. Was, that's big uh, cabinetry program, correct? Yeah. yeah. Back then, back then, it was when it was first came out. It was KCDW, which is Kitchen Cabinet Design Wear. You could get closet applications put on, all kinds of cool stuff. And then you know your uh, your uh, cut sheet software. It was really good. But that was easy. And once you designed the kitchen. A 3D model was designed. You could walk the customer through it, change uh, wood grains, colorations, anything. It was sweet. And nowadays, oh, my God, go into their booth at one of the bigger shows or go to their website. It's amazing what you can create with this. It's worth every penny if you have a shop. So nowadays, I just draw it out rough. And I think I mentioned this before in a podcast. I do a lot of mock-ups. Like, mm -hmm. you, you guys know my mudroom? Yeah. Yeah. Marianne just kept going back and forth, back and forth with me. So uh, Patrick's asking about the golden ratio. Um, I go by something that I was taught a long time ago. Your eye doesn't lie. If it doesn't seem right, it's not. It's not. Part, it's not part of the golden ratio. So that's. Mm -hmm. I've and I've even taught that. I go. What's what's the difference between here and here? And I also learned that from also Kelly Mailer. Kelly talks a lot about the golden ratio and how to 
how to do um, uh, mock-ups. And that's where I started doing a lot of mock-ups with cardboard, uh, a razor knife, and, um, and a glue gun. And I'll, I'll build boxes, I'll tape them to the wall, and I go, is this what you want? That's how I did her library, too. You know, the one I don't like right the color. It, <laughs> I know, I don't like Change the color. all of it. No, I, you know what? That is kind of like what I was thinking about. Could we do this? And could we separate this? <coughs> Absolutely. In other words, I won't do something until I get the final approval. That's yeah. good. And then, yeah. and then the rest is easy. The re- it's so easy. You gotta, and this is a whole other topic is how do you build something, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. there's, there's so much cool stuff in that topic. Like, and I wrote stuff down, like, you got to process your materials, you got your joinery, then you cut your curves, then you do your ornamentation, you glue up, you prep for finish, and you finish. Okay, but before that, <laughs> you got to get it all dialed in. And you know what? If I was back in business again, and I'm actually, I keep putting it as one of my goals, learn SketchUp, learn SketchUp. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of a... A graph paper, napkin kind of guy. Yeah, it's more I tactile. I've, I guess I built a little bit in my life, and I kind of know some quick Have dimensions. You? And boxes, I mean, come on. Everybody everybody asks about, hey, what size box is this? Like, They're all the same. It's a box. You just measure for your space, and if you want five boxes, you divide by five. You know, and that's the size, and then you have your filler strips. I don't want to oversimplify this but sometimes it's a big project like you get a wall unit you got to do do a mock-up now i learned something also in the boat business and jason when we built that when we're going to build that window seat mm-hmm. you know what i promised marianne this year <laughs> um i learned something uh in the boat industry down in fort lauderdale these guys would come in all the time and get glue sticks and glue guns and i was like what are you guys doing they go oh, we're lofting like, what do you do? And this guy, Pete McIntyre, taught me. He's an incredible ship's carpenter. Uh, you guys know what lofting is? Mm-hmm. You go into a space, especially on a, a, a yacht, and you take these um, inch and a half, you know what a door skin is? Really thin material. Mm-hmm. And he would go in with a stack of these, and he could snap them. So he would go in and on the floor... He would take it and he'd make his template with these door skins, snapping them and gluing them together. He'd walk out of that space with a template, and then he would get it to his shop. And Jason, you know how I have that MDF on my floor? Yeah. I had I had an area in my shop at Fort Lauderdale when I built certain pieces for a particular space that wasn't perfect. I would loft it. I would draw it out on the floor and then bring it up. You follow me? And yeah. That's, yeah. How they build, that's how they build boats. And they call them sail loss. Yeah, build. I have um, – I, I, my <laughs> aunt is a, is a interior designer, and so I had her – this was years ago. I had her draw up a floor plan for the whole basement. She took measurements of everything and mm-hmm. um, gave me a floor plan that I really liked. And so I was like, okay, well, this looks good on paper, but I, I want to kind of like visualize it. And so I got a bunch of blue painter's tape. And I put down tape wherever the walls are going to be and, you know, cut out where the doorways are going to be. And yep. so it helps me kind of visualize the the footprint of each room. And so, okay, yeah, this definitely feels comfortable. There were a couple of changes that I made, knocked the wall down um, or pulled the wall up, you know, more because it was tape. But um, it, it is a really great way to, 
especially when it comes to really big things, mm-hmm. like small things, you don't necessarily have to do it with, yeah. but, um, be a hundred percent. It helps you, it helps you get a space for the, or a feeling for the, the spatial awareness of it all. And that template is the exact, it's a replica of that space. Yeah. So, and there's a lot of angles where that, uh, that bay area is that I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. So when I go and install everything, it's going in no matter what. Yeah. Because I'll have all the little scribes worked out on it. Now, mm-hmm. what you can do is say you're doing a, <coughs> a wall-to-wall piece. Okay. Make a story stick out of two pieces of wood where you, you scribe where they meet. You bring them up. And then on that sticks or on those sticks, just put a spring clamp in it. I've seen people do this and divide it out for your mm-hmm. cases. It's that simple. Take it to the shop and lay it out on the floor. Yeah. I don't want to oversimplify things, but it, and, and part of Patrick's, uh, I think, email was, it, this is helpful for people who want to do a bigger project. Yeah. A, yeah. a bigger project is a bunch of small pieces. Yeah. And if yeah. you break it down, here, here's one I learned from Mark Adams. And, and Patrick, you'll appreciate this because I know you're always talking about curved work, okay? Oh, jeez. Listen to this. I was, I, was, I was asking him one time about um, how did you do the joinery on that, that, that leg? And he goes, well, I did the joinery first, and then I cut the curves. And I went, mm-hmm. oh, God. I thought he had cut the curves and then I made a fancy jig to hold the leg for the mortises, for the, you know? I mean, something so simple as that. People just, you know, you, they don't see the forest for the, for the trees. Is that the, the saying? Yeah. They just get yeah. so overwhelmed with something, but it's, it can be very simple. Yeah. I have that problem a lot in my shop. I'll be racking my head around something and Nicole will come out and be like, what's the matter? And I'm like, I can't figure this out. She'll be like, it's this. Oh, okay. Go back inside. No, it's that, you dumb again. woman. Get out of my shop. <laughs> but, it, it, you know, so, you no, know, that's what's good about um, getting into a, a network of people because mm-hmm. you can throw things off. I'm like, hey, how would you do this? I was really blessed down in Fort Lauderdale. We had like five, six shops in the area. And if Poppy didn't know, we'd walk across to Malfa. If Poppy didn't know, he'd, he'd been a cabinet maker, I think, for like 50, 60 years. And his sons ran, ran the company. And I would show him something. He didn't speak English. And I would show him something, and he'd go, oh, man. And he'd go like this, and, you know, he would just point. And I'd go, oh, got it, Poppy. Got it. And then he'd come over to the shop sometimes. He'd love that festival track saw. He'd go, oh, see, see, see. (laughs) It was cool. And that's – I tell people – if you can get involved with people that you can throw ideas off of and and don't get overwhelmed with something be reach out there's so many great forums out there too yeah you yeah know? absolutely so that's a great thing about now there's so many good resources for everything hey, learn sketchup i'll tell people learn sketchup I've, I've messed around with it a little bit but you know if you don't mess around with it consistently you just you, you yeah. forget a few things well it's funny you mentioned that because now you know, I already mentioned I need to get back in SketchUp. And I think we talked about on the last podcast, I was actually thinking about instead of renewing the Fusion one, actually trying SketchUp again. Um, but I used SketchUp last time for the shop layout, and I, you know, I didn't know all of it. But as I started to continue to mess with something that somebody had already created, somebody else being Jay, he, like, did the shop layout, I, it forced me to have to figure out how to learn it to get my shop the way it was. It took a little bit of time, but I was able to get it, and it was 
utterly helpful. So now I find myself in a position again to where I, I need to do that because next month, uh, if everything works out and we actually get this house, mm-hmm. next month after we close, I got to get people moving on stuff, you know, in the month of February. So um, I think this is a good opportunity for me, for me to learn it. Do you want me to go, Ben? Hey, can I ask you guys a question? <clears throat> no. Did you, did you understand what I said about using uh, strips like door skins to make a template? Yeah. yeah. And glue yeah. And, and snapping mm-hmm. them and cutting them and, yeah. you know, forming it to the wall. Because sometimes yeah. I've described that to people and I don't know if they're, if they could conceptualize it. So here is the beauty of YouTube. I was discussing this with Big D and I saw him kind of scratch his head and he goes, okay. And you know what, you know what I knew, I knew what he was thinking. When I see it, I'll understand it. So that's yeah. what I, that's what I like about the Sedge Tool channel is I can, some of the stuff I've talked about with people, I'm actually showing them now. I've just, I've used masking tape too. Mm-hmm. It works. Just, I, I know people yeah. use cardboard for countertops. Yeah, cardboard also. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. But uh, Jason, what's, what's your design process? What, what are kind of some of the things that you go through? Well, first I'll say what I would like it to be. What I would like it to be is SketchUp or Fusion, mm-hmm. one of the two, a 3D modeling software. Um, and that's something that I am trying to be a little bit more uh, adamant about this year because I am getting so close to retirement and everything kind of banks off me knowing one of those softwares for my business in the future. So um, that is how I would do it because not only can I see what it looks like, I, if I wanted to, I could see it in a space. Um, However, that's not what I do because I don't know the software. Um, So what I do is when it comes with like Nicole wanting things, it's a very similar conversation like you and Marianne have, Sedge. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'd really like you to build something like this. Or hey, do you think you could build this? And it's always a picture from Wayfair, Pinterest, or, uh, you know, whatever other website or, or other person that she follows on social media. And I'm like, yeah, I could do that. So the next step for me in that instance is I do a little bit of research on it. You know, like if this is something you want, what are the dimensions that they built this thing? You know, what do I like? What do I not like? How can I modify this? What are some things that you want me to change? And then we kind of just go from there. But I have a rough idea and a general understanding. When it comes to the joinery at this point, I'm not, I briefly think about it, but it, it's not as big of a myth to me as it was in the beginning. Go ahead. You know, Ben, I know you're listening, but people who are watching are just watching you clean your shop and not yeah. listen to Jason. Every time I start talking. <laughs> he stands there the whole time while Sedge talks, but as soon as I open my <laughs> mouth, he's like, oh, he went, this he, idiot he's, again. He's sweeping up his bench as you're talking. <laughs> I have to I have to move my legs. I'm I'm starting to get tired and like winded well, from standing. You know, feel free to move your legs when Sedge talks from time to time, not just when Jason talks. All right, going back to what I was saying. You said you said something about yeah, okay, the, about it. Vanna White and, and yeah. oh my God. Pinterest and yeah. build this joinery. So in the beginning, I noises. think most people shut up. I think most people can relate to this. Um when I, when I was woodworking early on and, and all I really knew was a, a pocket joint or a pocket hole, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, most people kind of start that way. All I really knew was a pocket hole. I was like, oh, I saw this cool DIY video on how to make this out of pine and pocket holes. Like, why would you use anything else? Um, I mean, early on, I'm I, wasn't a woodworker glu- now. I wasn't even gluing things together. I was like, why would I need to glue it? I use screws, right? 
I'm dead so serious. stupid. Yeah, like, well, I'm it not going to waste like, glue. The screws what? are way stronger. What? Why um, would I use a hand plane? Oh, I didn't even know what a hand plane was back then. <laughs> um, I still kind of don't. But uh, I would look at things as I started to learn more, right? And I was like, I don't need to be using pocket holes. I actually want to start using other joinery. And everybody, I need mean, to start with the butt joint. Uh, you know, and then maybe you do a rabbit. And then... You know, maybe you get fancy and start doing like finger joints and all this stuff, right? So you kind of go through this evolution of joinery and then, then you just kill everything and buy a domino and you're like, I'm good for the rest of my life. But um, I think it's intimidating in the beginning because early on I would look at projects and go, how did they do that? I see it on like the woodworking for beginners um, forums and stuff on like uh, Facebook and all that. I've actually started paying a lot of attention to those lately. Uh, because you get a lot of good ideas and you, and you get a feel for the community on what people are asking, what beginners want to know. And, and, and yeah, you, you get a, you get an idea of their headspace of where they're at right. as, as a beginner. And I saw a post the other day about a guy trying to figure out how he was going to attach. <coughs> it was like a trestle style table and he had like a four by four post that had, uh, you know, a, a very, you know, common trestle style table. Uh, and he wanted to attach the leg on the bottom that splays out and has two feet and all that stuff. And he was totally overthinking it. And a lot of the people that were leaving comments were completely overthinking it. And some were given like the most crazy stuff in the world. But I remember what it was like to, to be that way, like not understanding. Yeah. And so then you start to kind of get a little bit better with that. And so, you know, I take that information and, you know, nowadays, the more you do stuff, the more you have a preferred way to do it, right? Like if I, if I can use the domino, I'm going to use the domino. Yeah, you have a bias 100%. towards doing things that have already been successful. Right. I know the domino works well. If I need to finish very quick that I know works well for most applications, I'm going to use Rubio, right? Same thing applies to, to woodworking. So I take all that into consideration, and I'm just like Sedge, graph paper. I have, I have it all. Matter of fact, I got one right here on my table right now. And the thing I like about graph paper in most instances I can draw it to some sort of scale. You know, every box equals two inches or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that gives me the rough idea. I think that works well for me because, one, I enjoy the process, and two, I change a lot of things as I build. Mm -hmm. I, I have never come out to my shop and, like, had a drawing, and everything stayed the same, which is probably one of the reasons why I, I struggle so much to make plans because I make so many changes and I jot down the notes. And when all of that's done, I do not remember what was what. <laughs> so, you know, like Leo's bed, like I totally wanted to make plans for Leo's bed and a ton of people have been asking me about it and I have all the notes here, but I'm like, I'm going to have to go measure everything again because at this point I just don't remember. Um, I don't know what notes were for what. So being able to have that in SketchUp and being committed, this is where I think it would help the process, being committed to making a change, and at the end of the day, going back into, the, into SketchUp and making those changes, and keeping the model updated as I go, I think would just help a lot. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I, you know, I just, I build. You know, I, I, build, I build it in sections, like with Leo's bed, um, I didn't cut all of my pieces for everything and then assemble. I did the, the uh, head and the foot because both of those were the same. They were going to be constructed the exact same. The spacing between the slats was going to be the exact same. So I built those two things. Once those were done, then I moved on to the, uh, to the back and to the front. And 
the spacing of the slats is slightly different uh, between the head, the foot, the back, and the front. But uh, we're talking like a few millimeters, and that all just worked out for the total distance that it was and all this other stuff. But so I do things on the fly. Um, I don't. I don't come out here after laying everything out and be like, all right, I need 74 slats at this length. And I don't do that. Mm-hmm. I, I roll with the punches and, and see how much material I have to work with <clears> and <throat> what's going to work best for what. Some people, some people can't do it that way. And I've always said there's two no. types. There's, yeah. there's people who can work it out of their head and there's people who need plans. There's plans people. And, and, that's no fault to anybody. I mean, it's just two different the way their head uh, works. The way their head works, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I had a guy uh, uh, in my guild down in South Florida. His name is Sonny Verisco. What a hot, cool dude this guy was. He worked on the lunar module. He worked for Grumman for sounds like a mafia boss. Thirty-five years, thirty-five years. He worked for Grumman. He uh, he was the lead on the F sixteen Tomcat. It, it just he's he's done so much. He worked on. Uh, the torsion bars for the DeLorean. He worked on the, the, the panels on the bottom of the lunar module. And I said to him, I go, Sonny, you gotta go cut a two by four. Do you gotta go to your, uh, to your drawing room and draw it? He goes, yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I, go, yeah. he, I go, you just can't. He goes, no, I, ha- I wake up in the morning and he had a, uh, a drafting room in his house. He's totally retired. And he, this, he lived in Boca. What a cool dude, man. People, yeah. some people just need, they need that structure. They need it to be on paper and, and he, telling them. He taught me so much about layout of stuff. You know, there's, um, I, I can't remember where I read this at, but there are people that they cannot, um, imagine, uh, if they're like reading a word or someone is saying a word, they can't imagine that, that thing in their head. They may see the word in their head, but they can't picture the object or the location or the person in their head. They just can't. Like, their brain just isn't wired to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it, that that probably plays into it a little bit with what you're saying, Sedge, is like some people just, they, they cannot, they can't manipulate objects in their head. They can't, you know, add or subtract things uh, from a material standpoint in their head, and so they have to see it on paper. That Like, that is how they get that tangential kind of experience with, with a design idea. Um, yeah. I mean, and you know, it's, I, I was doing some research for Jason a few months ago where I went to the woodworker for beginners, uh, Facebook page. So and I, I never got the results of that research. Oh, my, my professor hasn't given me the video from my presentation. I can give what? it to you. It's not going to make any sense. What he recorded my presentation. He just oh, hasn't I can't given wait to watch it. it. He just hasn't given me the, the video yet. Um, I mean, I can give you the report. It's, you know, 40 pages of just a bunch of, a bunch of data. Um, but, uh, and, and I asked like, why do you, you know, for those of you that, that use plans, why do you use them? And there were, there were quite a, uh, and I think I did a poll actually, uh, quite a number of, of responses and, you know, a few of them were that like people just can't, they cannot picture things in their head. They just can't do it for whatever reason. So I, I mean, I know why think back. Did you, okay, let me ask you this. Sedge, I, I know that the answer for you is probably no. And, and this isn't me being a jerk and doing another shot at you for being old, but <clears throat> I don't think plans were, I don't think plans the way that they are now were like really a big thing back when you started woodworking. 
they, correct? They were in they were in woodworking magazines. Yeah, they yeah but they're not magazines. the way they are now, though. <clears throat> I mean, they were draw. They were you would, you would, dimensions you would, uh, and sets. And did, I mean, my my question is my question is did you did you find yourself using them a lot in the beginning? No, okay. I very rarely. The only time I worked with plans is if a uh, guy was using me for a ba uh, using me to do up a bathroom and the architect uh, I had architectural plans blueprints and I would I would work off of that I mean my my firm belief is the reason why plans have become more and more popular over the last we'll say you know 5 to 8 years um and why they continue to gain popularity is because everybody has immediate information at the tip of their yeah. fingers all the time with yeah, everything that's, yeah that's what I was about to say a, yeah, okay, a set of plans is that. And yeah. when I first started, and Ben, I don't know about you, because I don't think we've ever had that conversation before, but when I first started, the only thing I could even think about doing was finding somebody else that had it written out for me to follow because I didn't have any knowledge or experience on the process. I needed to be told no, I, how long to cut, all that stuff. No, to, to, this, to this day, I have never used a plan for anything. 70s. Never. 70, uh, what, 70s, 80s, uh, people would uh, have a fine woodworking magazine, and you would see, but it wasn't always a full plan in there. It was just like a quick, uh, like, um, yes, there was sometimes there were plan views. And was it, were views. they, was, was the magazine back then, like, etched in stone with a hammer and a, a chisel like is that must have been really did, uh, heavy did a like reaper guy with a long beard write it or yeah it's like you shall not pass yeah no yeah i mean it was sometimes people would like go hey what do you think of this and i go yeah it's pretty cool you know but they weren't as detailed as a lot of people would want and then you'd go somewhere to a store and they'd have these you build it plans and stuff like that and yeah yeah, I don't think you guys were born yet. I know that. Did you, you could, use plans uh, when you guys built the ark? <laughs> <laughs> they used they used divine plans, Jason. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You and you and Noah. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, you know what? I could. I give, me, give me some of that gopher wood, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys ain't right. Oh man, I couldn't resist. Anyways, Ben, let's. What's your um, process? My, ain't right, man. <laughs> My design process always starts off with a problem or uh, an idea. And if, if I'm out and about or, you know, just doing whatever and I, I get an idea about uh, something that I think would be cool or a solution to a problem, I, I go on my iPad and I, I have just a whole bunch of just random sketches that are in it. And I'll... I'll it's pretty much just to get the idea out of my head and on and onto something. I, I try to capture it like he's trying to imitate me. <laughs> and so, see, you guys can keep doing that. I don't care what you're doing. I'm doing this for the listener. It has nothing to do with you guys. So anyways, so if, if I see a cool feature, um, like in a, a restaurant or a building or just something that I think looks really cool, I'll take a picture of it. Mm, I'll, yep you know, doodle something uh, on the picture. That way I, you know, I understand why I took this photo of this random building and this random piece of furniture and not, not with no intentions of doing anything with it. I just think that it's cool. <coughs> and, you know, a couple months later I'll be doing something and I'll, I'll have a need for something I'm like, Oh, I remember when I saw this or 
when I had this idea for this little, you know, detail and I'll go back and, and I'll try to incorporate it somehow into, into the design that I'm doing. And then the next kind of step that I have is, um, I start with the end in mind, you know, maybe there are certain features that I want to have in whatever this is that I'm trying to design. Like I want it to be able to do X, Y, and Z. And so I think, okay, you know, kind of going with what you're saying, Sedge, about when you do a big project, it's just a bunch of little steps in between. Mm -hmm. So it's the same way with the certain features that I would want in the design. Um, and usually this is like with more like kind of like complicated things. A few years ago, I made um, a, a, um, a box, like a, like a decorative box that had a hidden compartment in it. And I, I sold those on my, on my website and they, they sold really well. But at that, to that point, no one had ever made these before or at least I hadn't seen them. And so I had to think, okay, how am I, you know, what are the mechanisms? How's it going to lock all these other things. And so you, you start with that end in mind, you, you, you start with that capability that you want and you, you focus on that one particular design feature and say, okay, how do I do this? And say, okay, all right, this is how, this is how I make this particular feature. And then you go to the next one. Okay. These are the features that I, you know, and for you, maybe it's a joint. You know, I want to have a dovetail. I want to have a castle joint. I want to have this. You just focus on how to do that one particular thing. You know, maybe you come in your shop, you take, you know, two pieces of wood and you practice doing it over and over so that you know how to do that design feature. And once I understand, okay, how to make, you know, these different individual features, now it's time to tie it all together into one big thing. And then it's like, okay, how do I tie all these different features in here? Do I need to move this around? Do I need to adjust that? You know, maybe I need to drop this one particular feature or do it in a different way because now it's getting in the way of something else. And a lot of this iteration process comes out in just hand drawing because it's, it's just so much quicker to hand draw it out. You know, I hand draw out the, the, the gist of the, of the design idea and, um, and then I go into SketchUp and I start iterating and I start prototyping. Um, what I plan on doing with my 3D printer, the one that's coming at the end of the month, is it's a rapid, it's a rapid printer. So it prints from a, a resin, like a liquid. And wait, so, wait, 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 wait. Is this a third? another one? Is this a third one, yeah. Ben? <clears throat> it's, yeah, it's going to be my, my prototyping printer. Thank you, Patreon. <laughs> and what I want to use that for is, is to is to take my SketchUps, my designs in SketchUp, and then print them out on a very small scale, but it's gonna give me a feel for the dimensions of whatever the design is. And it's not gonna be for everything. You know, it's, it's really good for tables and chairs and um, anything that isn't a carcass. Um, I mean, I could do it a cabinet, but it's kind of pointless that, at that point. But anyways. Maybe you can do I one of Jason's to, bathrooms. <laughs> I, I try to, have as many it. digital iterations of that design as I can because when it comes time for me to to start you know cutting material I don't want to waste anything I don't want to waste my time I don't want to waste the material and I don't want to waste my money and so a lot of it is going in that in that digital software and you know I'll have four or five different models all in the same build space and I'm kind of going back and forth between you know each of them is a little bit different and so I'm, I'm kind of thinking okay which one do I like like when I built Jen's door I built her, I built her a five panel door. You know, I built her a three panel door, a four panel door. And I showed each of them like, Hey, which one do you really like? I adjusted the thickness, uh, 
of the of the the, the rails and styles made some were a little bit thinner some were thicker you know I did a raised panel I did a flat panel all different kinds of iterations for her to kind of or to kind of get a feel for it um, because again the last thing I want to do is have one drawing or one idea come in the shop I build it and it's just like this looks like crap like this right. this is looks stupid so for me a big part of my designing process is prototyping and i do that all in digital space i made you know practice a couple things on like some scrap wood but and you know unlike jason unless there are some variations in the material thickness especially with sheet goods when i'm when i come downstairs with my printed out sketchup model that is exactly what i'm making because i've gone through that that design process so pretty much what jason does like in the shop where you know, he kind of has that journal idea and then he comes in and he's like, well, I'm going to change this. I'm going to change this and I'm going to change this and I'm going to change this. I've already, I've done that. I just did it digitally, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so once I have that, that design kind of locked in and it, there's very little changes that I need to make because I'm already happy with what that digital file looks like. Um, I, I know what it's going to look like spatially. There are a few apps. I haven't, I haven't done it, but I've seen it done to where you can take, a digital model file SketchUp or fusion or whatever and you can use augmented reality to see what it's going to look like in that space so Mm. if you wanted to build like a big dining table you could bring that digital model using your smartphone because it'll use the gyroscopic sensors in it and stuff like that it'll use the 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 beam technology that's on the iPhone where it can kind of um, get the dimensions for the room that you're in and it'll replicate that model in real time through your phone. And so, you know, you may be able to say, oh, well, that, that looks kind of really big in this space. Maybe I need to size it down a little bit. And you go back into CAD, you tweak the design. Um, so, again, I would say I would say 90% of my work is done digitally. Like, it's done in the, in the beginning. And then last of it, it, it goes smoothly because, again, I've already worked out all the kinks. That's the and biggest. That's, a, uh, that's the biggest thing that I'm drawn to for it is, like, I keep thinking about it, and I, you know, with the, going back to the plans, it's horrible for me to think about like, okay, I've got to do this, and then I've got to make the plans, and I've got to like take all the information that I had, and then create something afterwards. I want to be able to do it first, so when I come out to the shop, I've seen what it looks like, I know what it looks like, I eliminate a lot of the changes, and then it's just done when I'm done. Like it's not. There's no additional work. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that I've struggled with is since I don't use modeling software, which is so beneficial to you for the reasons yeah. I'm hoping will be beneficial for me, everybody hate, everybody's ready to be done with a project by the end of it, right? You're like, oh, I just got to get the finish on this thing, get it the hell out of here. So when that happens, imagine if you had to go like edit a YouTube video and make plans and do all this other stuff and create everything from scratch. Yeah, That's why I want, after being such a frustrating experience, that's why... Like I'm, I want to learn so badly so I can do like what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, whenever I built Jen's door and I, I said it in the podcast, whenever I talked about it, like I really enjoyed doing that. And I think for lots of reasons, because I was making it for Jennifer and, but there were, there were virtually no hiccups. I mean, there were a few, but it was just kind of like, it was my error in the process of making. It had nothing to do with the design. I didn't fight the design at all. You know, the design I had was, was great. And so that, to me, that just made the, the, 
the process more enjoyable because I'm not, I'm not fighting anything. I've already figured out all the issues before going into it, you know? Um, yeah. And, and for trying to look at the, the message. So for references, I, I try to, I guess whenever it comes to new things or, or design ideas that, that I just, I don't know how to do, or I haven't seen other people do. I do a lot of YouTube searching. Um, I would say that more times than not, I'm, I'm researching on YouTube, um, just because of the plethora of information that's already out there. If you have an idea of something, it's almost guaranteed that someone else has already done it. It may be worded differently or it may look a little bit differently, but it's mainly just the idea that I'm trying to get, um, conceptually. And then, um, if I'm having a problem with something, Instagram is by and far, or for me it is, it's probably the best resource to use or reference to use because I can take a picture or a video of something or a problem I'm having and it's almost guaranteed that I'm going to get somebody, at least one person that's going to reply with, with their solution to that same problem. And it, it, I may not use their solution, but their solution gives me an idea for what I need to do in my, in my current situation. Um, I, I don't, I very rarely go on Pinterest f to get ideas for stuff. Again, I think most of my, uh, idea references comes from me just again, uh, taking brain and pictures of stuff or, you know, doodling something as soon as I have an idea, that is what I go back to for, for certain design ideas, because I've already gone through the process of liking whatever that was, you know, um, I was, I was really blessed cause I had a really good mentor down in Fort mm -hmm. Lauderdale. He would be, I mean, he would, <clears throat> I worked with him uh, for maybe about six months, um, just part-time. And anytime I needed any help on anything, I would drive up to Oakland Park and he would like say, yeah, come on in. He'd, he'd be with clients. And he'd say, no, no, come in, come in. The hell with them. What do you need? <laughs> I was, and you know what was really cool? As I visited him. Uh, a couple years ago when I was down there and uh, my god what a great guy his name's Ralph Jackson he's just the greatest guy yeah so and, if I, and I'll tell people find, when you say reference Ben I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt is you just kind of you hit you hit a note with me find a good mentor find somebody who's willing yeah, to help you yeah especially if you're in the beginning of this it, it really helps yeah. out to to kind of lean in on someone that has already gone through the struggles and can kind of Get you, you to mean the front like of the people line, on a so podcast? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've only recently started to kind of mess around with the golden ratio. Uh, I built a coffee table last year around this time. And that was, that was one of my first projects where I intentionally tried to look at the golden ratio mm -hmm. for the golden ratio between the, the tabletop, the skirts and the legs. I, I tried to do everything golden ratio. And I, I think that aesthetically it looks really good. Mm -hmm. Are we talking about another Kama Sutra move? <laughs> no, <laughs> but, um, my mistake, but that, that's pretty much my design process. Um, and you know, I, I said it last podcast, but I just try to have as much fun as I can with, with the designs that I have or, you know, and, and sometimes you have an idea or, or a design for something and it turns out that it just doesn't work. It, it just fails miserably. And that is, that is just a part of the design journey. Like you have to accept it and, you know, you make that, that particular design may have not worked, 
but you gained experience from it. And that's something that you can take forward into the next project that you're going to have or the next design that you're going to have. You know, you should always be iterating on your previous experiences, especially when it comes to, to making designs. Um, because again, you're never going to know when that experience is going to come back up as mm -hmm. something that will really help you with a future problem. Yeah. Hey, so as much as I hate to admit it, that was a good question, Patrick and Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. Cause we know excellent. that came from you. Excellent. Excellent question. Um, Ben, you want me to talk about the giveaway? Cause I got the deets. Yes. Woo! Yes. I got the deets. So I heard back from Bessie. Okay, everybody, here's the deal. U.S. and Canada, excluding Hawaii and Alaska, again, sorry. Uh, the giveaway this month for the month of January will be uh, two people are going to win. Two, there will be two winners. We will select two winners, and it's going to be uh, you'll get a set of six-inch trigger clamps, and you'll get a set of, I believe they're trigger clamps. Go ahead. So both people are going to get both of these yeah. things or one, one person will, okay. No. Yeah. Okay. Both are going to get the whole, the whole so set. You're going to get so, four clamps. Yeah. You'll get two trigger okay. clamps, uh, or four trigger clamps. Two will be six inch and two will be 12 inch. Um, there's some of their newer trigger clamps and to enter this month, at least we're, we're going to try to come up with a better solution in the future. But for this month, you, all we ask you to do is email the podcast email, which is greensuiters at gmail.com i'm sorry greensuiters podcast greensuiters podcast at gmail.com at gmail.com and in the subject line just put uh just put january giveaway january giveaway and then in the in the actual email itself all we need you to do is put your mailing address and your telephone number and the reason we need that is because i know with 100 percent certainty that bessie will need that in order to ship and at the end of the month we will randomly select two winners and we'll let you know that you won and then we won't have to bother you for the information. So we'll just have it. We'll let you know that you won and we will get that, or Bessie will get that shipped over to you. So huge thank you to Bessie. Thank you, you, Bessie North America. If, if you at all forget that process, I'll, I will make a post, a, a picture post, and I'll have it on the Instagram account. Yep. Just to remind everybody and, and to be clear about what all you need to do. And it will run... It will run for the entire month. And then, like I said, we'll, we'll select winners and announce the following month who won the previous month, and we'll talk about the next giveaway. Um, and I don't know what the prizes are going to be for the following months, but uh, it'll, it'll change up, right? So um, the other thing, too, to understand is the prize packages. A lot of that is based off, you know, what they have, because just like everybody else, Bessie North America is having uh, supply chain issues as well. But those are the things, uh, a couple of the clamps that they actually definitely have right now and that they can support. And so, cool. uh, again, huge thank you to Bessie. And, and we're just happy that uh, we're able to uh, give these to you guys. And obviously, you know, we're not getting anything in return for this. Um, it's just yeah, nice we, to be able to be in this position to, to give back yeah, to we, you guys. Yeah, we are not paid at all by Bessie to do this. So... What? What? I'm not paid by Bessie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they pay right. me a million dollars a year. That's how I, that's how I just afforded a $35 million mansion. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're really excited about the, about the giveaway for this month. Um, but uh, do you guys have any, any closing thoughts on, Are we on designs do a, on this a, topic? A, no, yeah, we just got to do a... 
IG we just, call out? Yeah, a call out. Yeah, let's let's get through real quick because I got to put my kiddos down. Okay. Okay. Real quick. I'll go first. Okay. All right, go ahead. Hopefully, we haven't done this person yet. I don't think we have, but we all know her. And I'm going to call her out because she's a wonderful human being. Her, her name is Alma Villabos. And Pink she's part Pink Soul Studios. Go check her out. Uh, she's just, she's such a positive person. And, um, uh, She's a real giving individual. She does a lot of CNC, great woodworker. She came to some of the original Festool end user classes, and she is awesome. a good friend, a great friend. Yep. So go check out Alma, Pink Soul Studios. We love you, Alma. Ben, Jason, you, want me to you go? got this week. Yeah. Um, this week I'm going to do my good friend Ashley from Woodwork and Whiskers. From so, Down Under. From Down Under in Australia. Good day, mate. Let's put it. No, I'm just kidding. Now I'm quoting Dumb and Dumber. Um, oh, no, that's when he said Austria. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways, watch Dumb and Dumber if you don't get that joke. Um, he's just a good dude. Like, he, he's, yeah. I, I've known, I've known him on Instagram. Um, like, I actually wish that I could go to Australia and just hang out with him for like a week. But he's just a good person and he, he cares about the community and, you know, he wants to highlight other people doing great things. Um, and one of those things is he does this thing called the Monday meetup. And if anybody that follows me has probably seen them because every time he does the Monday meetup where he's featuring somebody else uh, in the woodworking community, uh, mainly focused on people in Australia, but he has done like worldwide ones. I've been on it. Uh, a couple other people have been on it, but he's just a good dude. And he wants to bring attention to people um, and he does these Monday meetups every week and I share them in my stories every single time he posts them. Mm -hmm. Um, but go give him a follow. He's a great guy. He does funny, funny stories. Um, he communicates me via uh, DM uh, like all of the time and responds to everything. He's just, he's just a good person, a, a good friend, right? So, um, definitely go check out his page. It's, it's a lot of fun. He's a good, a uh, good guy. I don't necessarily have uh, an account recommendation this week, but I did want to give a shout out uh, and a big thanks to Sean Lund. Uh, follows me on my account. I'm sure that he follows you guys on your accounts too. Also follows the podcast, but he reached out to me today. He was listening to episode 17 where I went on for like 40 minutes about my French train. Um, but he also lives in Virginia and he pretty much just went through the same thing that I went through. His basement was flooding. You know, he got all that fixed. Um, and he just finished renovating his entire basement. And so I, I talked to him for quite a while today through DM. Um, and he was just kind of sharing with me, like some of the, the headaches that he had, some of the processes that we went with and some of the materials that he chose to go with and why. And so it was just, it was a really big help to have someone that has already gone through that, um, that process, just like you were saying, Sedge, about getting a mentor, um, so Sean, just, I really appreciate the conversation that we had. It, it really helped me and kind of validate my ideas going forward for for finishing up my basement but um awesome. yeah but that's going to be it for this month uh if you're listening to this podcast on free feeds be sure to this leave month? it this month oh, i'm sorry if you're listening to this podcast oh, episode okay. oh that's episode what episode i was like man we it's went good. through january pretty damn quick yeah sure um did. Be sure to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. Uh, make sure you share this on social media, whatever social media platforms you, you listen to. We're, we're trying to find and reach uh, people that 
have never heard of us before, new woodworkers. Uh, hopefully we can help them out. Jason, where can everybody find you? Benswoodworking.com. Sedge, where can we find you? Sedgetool.com. We have merchandise now. That's right. Oh, I ordered some. They're going to be here in the next I couple of days. I saw that, dude. Did you see Can't Patrick wait. ordered a mug? It looks wicked cool. No. Yeah. Thank you, Patrick and Michelle. And also Sedge Tool on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. On We're doing pretty everything. good on TikTok, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. I'm a, I'm a TikToker. And I'm Ben Marshall. You can find me at Ben Marshall Designs on Instagram, YouTube, and also MarshallDesignWorks.com. Don't even bother to go to my website because it's still taken down because I haven't worked on it in months. But <laughs> it's it's there. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, thanks so much, TikToker. <coughs> thanks, thanks yeah. everybody. We really thank thanks you. for listening. You. Appreciate yep. all everybody's feedback, whether that's in a review or in a review or in a review. Yeah, or in a review. Did we mention or in a review? review? Don't forget. Yeah. That's right. Five stars right. works too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Ben, co-host and editor of the Green Suiters Podcast. This episode is over, but if you want to hear more topics like this and you want to be a part of our conversation, head over to patreon.com forward slash Green Suiters Podcast for early access to each show. If you're listening to this on free feeds, be sure to leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.